Mosaic Reviewcast, a podcast where we review new releases. I am Stephen Caldwell, and with me is Drew Farrar. Hello. Hey, so today we're talking about the Giga Concerto by Eric Lyon. Uh, so let's just jump right in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's overall a pretty strong album. Um, there's, there's a couple things that kind of drive me a little nuts with it. Uh, but I, I tell me about so that. tell me about the things that drive you nuts. Yeah, I the the way that the so the album you know is is the Giga Concerto itself, which is six movements, and then there's these Brahms Opus One Hundred Five arrangements in between. That's that's Greg Saunier, the drummer, deer hoof, and string noise. Um, and I kind of just wish that they had put the album. Uh, the Giga Concerto and then the songs, you know, but like having the the Brahms in between every movement felt really weird to me and very disjunct, even on like a third or a fourth listen. I, I never really felt like they made sense to be in between. Um, uh, you know, it just felt like it completely threw off the pacing of of both things of both the the brahms things because i went back and i listened to the concerto on its own and then the brahms songs on its own and that felt good but the way it's structured right now feels very very strange what do you, what do you think you, you know i i sort of had a similar experience where i felt like the brahms obscured the concerto and, and vice versa where we're constantly flipping between these two things. And for listeners who haven't uh, given this piece a go yet, um, these aren't straightforward arrangements of Brahms. They're Brahms, um, but kind of, I don't know what to call it, almost like jazzy in a way, because it's this playful, uh, popular music style drumming going on. And, and it feels kind of like Brahms and sort of like something you would see like at a, you know, a vaudeville kind of show. Yeah, definitely has a vaudevillian aspect to it. Like kind of, um, some of the Brahms are a little, can be a little silly, I think. Um, yeah. Um, and which is nice because it's, it's nice to have some levity to the, to the album. I, I enjoyed the playfulness of it. I think, um, the whole time, I I actually even laughed at certain points in not a bad way, but a, a very enjoyable way. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I I think I think it's a really big highlight of of the album is is the performances on it, definitely too. Like, um, and also kind of the the playfulness that's throughout both the Kick It Concerto, but definitely in the Brahms. Um, it's nice having that levity in there. Um, although I, I do wish that the the music would take a darker turn every once in a while. Um, it tends to be a little, uh, not upbeat, but like maybe a little one note, you know, throughout the entirety of the piece mm-hmm. of, of both sets. You, you're literally, you're literally touching on uh, like my main impression of this piece which I liked very much, Should that should be said. Um, I think if you haven't listened to this piece, it is definitely worth a listen. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so 
so take it the criticisms here with a grain of salt in a sense that um i i think that i'm excited to see what uh eric lyon does next because i think there's a lot of really good ideas and like a lot of obvious talent here um but i was i was just waiting for more variety which sounds kind of strange because in a moment-to-moment basis you have like almost chaotic levels of change yeah where we we establish something and then we undermine it almost right away but if you keep surprising me every freaking second then eventually being surprised is unsurprising it's it's just like well okay we're still doing this yeah i couldn't shake the feeling that if someone listened to one of the movements of the concerto and one of the arrangements of the brahms that you essentially got the whole picture of the album yeah i i would def i think that if there was one word i would use for the album in in its entirety it would be like unfocused it's just it it has and like i really want to stress that from moment to moment it's really nice and everything's very wonderful um and it's a and it's a joy to listen to but as an entire unit it just doesn't feel fulfilling in a way that i want an album to be um it it feels like uh weirdly enough it makes me think of um the gorillas album humans where like uh i don't know if you've ever listened to that album but it has a very like playlist aspect to it where it doesn't nothing feels connected i i think one of the things that really hurts this album is that having the brahms in between everything because it it heightens that feeling of disconnect from movement to movement in the giga concerto um and then the brahms don't really feel like they relate to each other super strongly um uh but i i don't think that's a fault of of lion i I think that's just because their arrangements of songs you know so the the songs themselves don't interact like relate to each other strongly so um but yeah definitely there's kind of like an, an unfocusedness to the album that i is is really unfortunate because a lot of the material is really good uh it'd be nice if it if it felt like it was pulling me along the entire time but it has kind of this stop and start quality to it that i find really frustrating when when listening to it yeah i i I totally agree with you uh gorilla's first two albums were total bangers and and i've been i've been waiting for uh you know them to return to that's something with like coherence and direction and just that that nature of a playlist that that's a i mean that's a great comparison to this because i i remember when we decided to listen to this piece i put it on i thought whoa this is very good this is extremely good and through the course of the album i kept waiting for the next thing now there is a little bit of variety i th- i believe it's in movement four we sort of slow down and i was like "Ooh, okay and then it just it just we never went to another place uh yeah. and it didn't last long enough uh i i just couldn't um 
I, I just couldn't shake that feeling. And then we, we sort of like looked into the backstory of this piece, which is pretty fascinating. There, there's, uh, for, for the, those who don't know, a, a concerto sort of, you know, it sort of alternates between a smaller ensemble and a larger ensemble. It's pitting the two against each other. Um, you know, happened in the Baroque era. And this is playing on that concept in a really fun way in the sense that there is a smaller ensemble and that's, uh, it's a violin duo called String Noise. And there's also Greg Sonnier, uh, who's the drummer of Deerhoof, who provides wonderful drumming. It's, it's a blast to listen to. So you have this, this kind of set of two or maybe three people, depending, against the International Contemporary Ensemble. And you almost have a, like a concerto across music history, right? You have this dialogue, this rhetoric going between uh, popular music of today uh, classical or whatever you want to call it of today and also of the past. So I think it engages a lot of meaning, which is really fascinating. And I love everything that I just said, but I don't know if it, uh, is effectively treated in the album. Yeah. I I think I'm right there with you. One of the big things for me, um, especially in those those pop ideas um, was actually in the production aspect of the album um, where Greg Sonnier is playing. It's great, but the, the mixing and the treatment of the drums is like, like you're listening to like a traditionally mixed, like contemporary music album, like a contemporary chamber music album where like the, the percussion isn't punchy really like, the bases on it are really subdued. Um, all the symbols are like way too splashy. Um, and which it sounds, it almost sounds like somebody trying to sound like Greg Sonnier and not Sonnier himself playing. <laughs> um, although it's, it almost sounded like you had like three percussionists playing. Yeah. And you were recording them in a chamber. I totally. Yeah. And it just felt, um, very much. It, and I think, well, like one thing is, you know, in the in the Giga Concertos, I uh, Sony is not playing. Um, that's just international contemporary ensemble. So I think it is kind of split um, between like one or two percussionists, you know. Uh, but in it has the same effect in the the Brahms songs, you know, where it's just like if it's gonna. Like, I don't, if you're going to get such a good drummer, like, why aren't you making his drums sound great? You know, like it's, 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 I, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me on a production aspect was how great the production on the Giga Concerto sounds. And then how kind of the same production mindset was applied to the Brahms and then how just kind of lackluster specifically Sonny's drums sound um in in comparison um to the rest of the album which is it's just it's it's disappointing in a way because like i'm like 
it sounds his playing sounds great, but the actual sound that's happening, you know what I mean? The the production aspect is Yeah, I I think the frustration is that there's a lot of expectation. There's a lot of really good ideas here and you see all the potential in what it could be. But maybe maybe it was just that there was too many moving parts here. Too many ensembles, too many hands on deck. And maybe that's why we're noticing a, a, a lack of coherence. Yeah, definitely. Like, that, I mean, it's a huge, like what, you have three different ensembles, if, if you want to include, you know, Sonny has his own ensemble. Um, and then like two composers, because Greg Sonny is composing too. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a little bit, like I said, it's just unfocused. And it, it makes me think of um, uh, Greg Sonny, Malta, Marcus Balter's album with uh, Ensemble Down the Inte, um, which that feels very focused and, and very much, um, you know, like there's a drive to it. It's a, it's a great album. Um, and, but if you go and listen to that and you listen to the drums on that, you, you hear how they're produced in much more of like a pop sensibility where they're like much more in front of the mix um, instead of being kind of like trying to be like put in with the mix. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, and if I may, I, I keep thinking about um, what we're what we're really touching on here is that does music have to have maybe this larger question of does music have to have a direction and coherence um, to be effective? And I think the answer to that's no. So I, I'm also challenging myself as to why why is it a problem for me as a listener on this release? Because I think that things can be scattered, directionless, and uh, effective. But this is scattered and not effective in its scattering, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the, the reasons why it feels like that is is like you said earlier, where there's just not a lot of variety from movement to movement or the parts where there is a lot of variety in contrast it's hampered because we're moving between the Brahms and the concerto so often that it's hard some at least for me for sometimes for my brain to like think back to something that happened two movements ago in the giga concerto that happened six tracks ago in in the actual album you know, like it's yeah. stretching out this thing temporally where maybe on its own, you know, something that's in the first movement, I can hear again in like the fifth movement of the Giga Concerto. But when there's Brahms songs stuck in between every movement leading up into that, it's kind of like, what, <laughs> what is happening? Um, right. And and I, I think, um, you know, if anybody does some some research and digging on this piece the composer was definitely talking about like okay we we now live in a society the information age where the the timeline of history 
is is sort of flattened because we have access to all of it at the same time. Um, so I suppose uh, the argument could be made that that uh, sort of unmoored directionlessness is just a metaphor for how we receive our information now, which is not in a neat and tidy way, but is a just a deluge, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's probably what would be said and explained, and maybe that was the intention. But I think, uh, like, if I'm honest with myself, listening to it without all this backstory... I never would have talked about any of these things. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known. I just would have been like, well, we have an alternation between the Giga Concerto and these Brahms uh leader, which are like, you know, uh romantic era songs. Uh and and we go back and forth and it's playful, it's fun, it's chaotic, and I enjoyed it. But I also didn't, um, I think, I think liking it and enjoying it and loving it, I I didn't quite get to that love it part because of these drawbacks we're talking about. Yeah, I I think I'm right there with you. Yeah. So if you had to to wrap it up into a, a tidy score, what would you, what would you rate the album? Yeah, so I would say, um, as I kind of mentioned before, if you're if you're um, a person who wants to listen to new contemporary music that is playful, um, experimental, has old and new put together, and um, is you know you're generally looking for something in that vein of things, give this a go. Um, but also don't expect um, something that's perfection either um so i i would say i'd probably give this like an 8.25 8.5 um, somewhere in the mid eights i would say based on um the fact that i liked it but i i also wouldn't go if i was recommending this to a friend i i i would you know temper their expectations at least slightly yeah I think I'm a, a little lower than you, but I think there's just some things with like the production that that takes me out of the experience where I'm like, why why do these drums not sound like they should? Or like, um, and I think I'm a little bit lower attention span than you because I'm a little bit like, there's just too much stuff going on. Um, I, I think I would give this like a 7.5, 7.75, somewhere in that range. Um, cause it, no. it does, it does what it does. Well, it does really well. And then what doesn't quite land, it just distracts for me in a way that's like, I, I want, I start off the album and I want to listen to the whole album and I get about halfway through and I'm kind of like, not bored per se. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say bored. <laughs> I'm going to just put those words in your mouth, buddy. Uh, yeah. Um, because because of the sameness, yeah. Yeah, um, but I, I think it's worth listening to, uh, no matter how how negative I might sound about it, um, because it is very fun to listen to. 
I would just say maybe it's it's best in like bursts. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah. And I think it's also good to say like how good the performances actually are on the album. Um, oh, this top notch. Yeah, because I was never distracted by like, oh, it, like intonation's kind of weird here, or like something doesn't sound quite right in the playing. Everything's played beautifully. It's mostly mm-hmm. like. It's how the album structured itself that that really drags it for me. Yeah, it just stumbles a bit in the execution of all these ideas. And I, I, I hope that they can, you know, maybe put a sequel together, if you will, <laughs> a, a conceptual sequel that that uh, sort of right. Like if this was the first video game, we'd go, oh, well, it's flawed. But but I see I see the potential. I hope the sequel um you know, kind of brings it through. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this has been the first episode of us reviewing and talking about things. Uh, we we want to thank you for your time, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye. of new music composers and performers which brings collaborative concerts to new audiences. More can be found at New Music Mosaic's YouTube and Facebook pages.